My next guest is a member of the Carolina Panthers Hall of Honor. I want to welcome on legendary quarterback, Mr. Jake DeLome. Jake, how's everything going for you? Everything's going well. I appreciate uh, you having me on in this uh, wonderful time in the NFL season, especially if you're still playing. Absolutely. So speaking of that, I actually saw your name listed on a stat a couple days ago. Did you know that you have more wins than the Cowboys over the last 25 years? <laughs> yeah, probably so. I, um, where I live at in Louisiana, I'm two hours from New Orleans. So certainly there's many, many Saints fans and, and uh, there are plenty of Dallas fans. Uh, and um, it's been pretty fun rubbing it in, I guess you could say, or, or teaching them. Uh, because uh, they have a different um, different feeling of themselves um, just in general. Yeah. And speaking of the Saints, obviously Sean Payton announced yesterday that he's, he's uh, moving on to a different path. Were you surprised by that news? What do you think? What direction do you think they're going to go in? You know, I don't want to say I was surprised. I just think when somebody ha is at a place for so long, uh, you know, Sean is a, one a fantastic football coach um I, I just think you know like basically he said I, I knew I knew in training camp I knew before training camp I, and when you start to know that it's the end and I, I I'm so much respect for Sean when I was a free agent in 03 I visited two teams Carolina and Dallas and the quarterback coach for Dallas at the time was Sean Payton. And that's who I spent the majority of my time with was Sean Payton. So got to know him then. And then Coach John Fox and Sean Payton um, were best of friends. They were both the coordinators for the Giants um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, that, that time when the Giants were really good. So that connection there with those two guys, but just much respect for Sean. And I'm anxious to see what he'll do next. Um, I don't think he'll be coaching this year down the line. Who knows? But uh, much respect for Sean. Yeah, it was incredible. And then looking back, obviously you've said before we started recording, you think it was the greatest football weekend of all time this past weekend? Gosh, you know, everything we're so dramatic now. Oh, he's, he's the best player. Oh, he's this and that, but really and truly, have we ever had four playoff games go down to the absolute last play? I, I, I don't know. And just, I think just the drama associated with it um, from the Bengals and the whole, uh, the up and coming Bengals. And then you have green Bay on a Saturday night, snowy Lambeau field, just a slug fest. Uh, and the Niners don't, don't even score a touchdown offensive touchdown to win on the last play. And, and then you have, the Rams looking like they're going to walk away with it. And then is this Tom Brady all over again? Is this another one of those magics? Um, and then they, they come back on the last drive. And then what, what, what can you say about Sunday night? The exhibit the, uh, that those two quarterbacks put on. It's just, it was spectacular. And speaking of Brady, I see you got him up on the wall there. Can you believe he's still playing? <laughs> yeah, I, I marvel at that. It's unbelievable. It's a, um, it just, it's absolutely insane. And, and I don't know whether he keeps going or not. I mean, there's so much speculation in regards to that, but if he stops playing, it's not due to his physical nature because some of the throws that he continues to make and the way he continues to move in the pocket and play the game, it's certainly not from anything physical. Did he obviously he's got that documentary going on. Did he ask you to be in it? No, I have not. Uh, and I, and I'm trying to catch up, um, 
uh, to watch. I've only seen like the couple of uh, the first two. I, at some point, I'm gonna watch them, but I, I certainly enjoy it because um, I'm, I'm a big fan of his, and and I just I'm a big fan of quarterbacks. I wanna I, I wanna like players. I want players to do well. I want them to succeed because I know how difficult it is in the NFL. Uh, but he's certainly a guy that's done it the right way, and and everything you read, see, hear about him, and how teammates think about him, it's the truth. And speaking of quarterbacks, what do you think? What do you think about Burrow? What he's been able to do in a year and a half? Well, he um, I watched him up close and personal uh, when he was at LSU. Um, one of my dear friends was the quarterback coach at LSU uh, for those two years. So kind of knew a, a lot of background on him, to say the, to, to say the least. And I was even before he started. Uh, there was just something about him, just his leadership traits, what he did and how he kind of won over that football team and watched him play. And I saw that even his second to last year at LSU, um, they play in Central Florida, who was undefeated in the bowl game. I think it's the Fiesta Bowl. And he gets absolutely blindsided on a fumble return or interception return, just absolutely flipped, kind of had to catch his faculties. Uh, busted lip, and you just saw a different player emerge after that, and the team just respond, and then that carried on into the magical season that they had in uh, 2019. So I'm not surprised by anything that that kid does, um, and, and they surrounded him with some pieces on offense, and I think Jamar Chase only makes them that much better. Really good running back, some very good receivers, very serviceable tight ends, and just a team that it just it's a belief. It's that scary team. It's that really scary team that they, they just feel like they have nothing to lose and nobody's going to stop them. You concerned he's taking too many hits? Uh, it's still early. Uh, listen, it's still early in his career. And uh, to be quite honest, the way they protect quarterbacks nowadays, I'm not just being this old guy, but really and truly they protect the quarterbacks a great deal, which I, I like in some regard. Sometimes I think they've taken a little bit out of it. Um, um, I feel bad for the defensive players. I, and maybe I shouldn't say that, but really and truly some of the time I don't understand um, some of these late hit calls. But, uh, I, I, yes, he is taking a lot of hits. But when you're young, it just – you feel like you're invincible. And I think they'll address that offensive line. So, so, so going into the playoffs, they, they kind of – nobody picked them to win the AFC North. They come in. They're going to against this Raiders team who had an incredible overtime win. A lot of people are taking the Raiders kind of with the momentum. They beat the Raiders. They're going up against the number one seed in the AFC, the Titans. They beat the Titans. Nobody's really considering them to beat the Chiefs. Would it shock you if they did? No, it wouldn't shock me. And yeah, that's the thing about a team that's that's so dangerous in, in, in their belief. And, um, and listen, they had to win some games at the end of the season. I think what I worry about – for them and also I think the 49ers are in the same boat both those teams had to win at the end of the season like it was playoff week all of December for those guys uh just to get into the playoffs and then the Niners having to win two playoff games in a row and then now they're playing the Rams well Cincinnati the same thing they had to beat it's certainly they played at home they beat the Raiders then they had to go to Tennessee when does do, do they ever run out of steam? Does the steam kind of start to kind of come out of the, uh, the wind come out of their sails a little bit? That's the only thing that I worry about both of those teams. And, and the reason I say that is that we lived it in Carolina in 2005. Um, we lost in the NFC championship game to Seattle, who 
they were a better team than us. Let's let's get that out of the way. But we had to win some games in December. We had to win the final week of the season to make the playoffs. We went to New York and beat them in the playoffs. We went to Chicago, who was the number one seed, and upset Chicago in Chicago. And then by the time we got to Seattle the following week, we were down to our number four running back. And it's, it's like we ran out of gas. Now, they had something to do with it. Let me just go say that was a great Seattle football team. Probably should have beat Pittsburgh in that Super Bowl. Some calls didn't go their way. But um, I, I worry about that for these two teams this weekend. That is in the back of my mind. And then looking at the um, the NF, the, 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 the divisional game between the Rams and um, the Buccaneers, um, were you surprised to see Brady struggling so long? I, I, I'm ne- I, I never count him out. You never count him out. But then towards the end, when it just kind of – he flipped the switch, they tie it up, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's over. Was that shocking to you? Well, I think the thing with Brady is that I I want – if I would have picked all four games last weekend, the only game that I, I would have gotten correctly would have been the Rams-Buccaneers game. And that was due to uh, Tristan Wirfs being hurt and, and seeing that it didn't look like he was going to be able to play. And then uh, Jensen being banged up, he missed a lot of practice. And that was a huge concern for me. And I said, you know what, that might do them in. Uh, Not having those guys, uh, one works. And then Jensen was, where was he at on the percentage scale of, you know, zero to 100. And I thought the Rams did a really good job of attacking the weakness in the tackle position for Tampa and the backup. And they got after Tom and they hit him. Um, and was making made him uncomfortable, which is how he lost two of the Super Bowls to the Giants. The front four got after him. Um, and I think you saw that in the Super Bowl last year. The front four of Tampa controlled that game. Mahomes had no chance. So anytime you can affect that quarterback with just four guys, I think you have such an advantage. So um, that's the only game that I think I might have gotten right picking last weekend. And looking at the, the night game, obviously it's one of the best games I think I've ever seen um, with Mahomes and Allen just going back and forth and back and forth in the fourth quarter. Did that remind you of the game? I was watching a few minutes ago, uh, you against um, the, uh, the Rams was at Oh three, the divisional round. Division round of two thousand. Well, it was January Oh four, the Oh three season. Yeah. We went to, um, we played in do- double overtime. Uh, we went a whole 15 minutes. Uh, we had the control most of the game and, they were able to tie it up at the end, and um, we just we went to overtime, and nobody could nobody could just win it, and that was true sudden death back then. Um, and then we go to uh, the double overtime, and on the first play, I was able to hit Steve Smith on a like a 65, 70 yard pass play, and, and the game was over. So it's um, it, that was that was awesome. I you know just experiencing experiencing that. And then watching last week's game, and it's just back and forth nonstop. And then for Josh not to have a chance in overtime to help lead this Bills team. Uh, but then again, that's just kind of the way the rules state, and we have to play by those rules right now. Will they do something about it? I don't know, and I don't know what's right. I, what is the right – I understand you don't want to continue to play, um, but I go back to that game that we played in Carolina. We played the full 15 minutes. And then we went the first play of over the double overtime we scored. Uh, would I like to see something of, do you play 10 minutes of football, like an extra quarter, make it 10 minutes, not 15. Then once you get into double overtime, it's sudden death. I mean, would there be much complaining about that? I'm not so sure, but I'd like to maybe see that when you go into the playoffs, only have that for the playoffs. Yeah. Don't have it for the season, but only have it in those certain types of situations. 
And then the, the last team playing this weekend, the Niners team, I don't think anybody expected to be over here. Obviously, they picked third, traded up, traded up for a guy who played one game this year, and they're just kind of shocking everyone. And they're the one team who doesn't really have that kind of, I don't know what to say, like you, people don't really hold, hold Garoppolo in the same regard as the sure. other three. Right. Do you, do you think they have a chance? Because I know he's had an issue with interceptions, and a lot of people saying they're winning despite of him. Do you think they need to win because of him to kind of advance? Well, listen, I think that he has the utmost respect of that football team. And and this is where, and listen, I, I'm going to take up for a quarterback. I watch a guy, I'm watching this guy play, and the one interception against Dallas, I believe it was the third or early, early in the fourth, that the ball sailed on him. Yes, you could say it was a terrible pass. I get it. But the guy is playing, I think it's a torn ligament in his thumb. So the ball, he is setting the ball into his hand. So he's getting the snap, and he's actually – uh, manipulating it in okay I have a decent grip now but this one was he's on the run and, and he lost it it sailed on it but I just think the grit that he's shown and how he's played I respect the kid listen all all you hear is that the 49ers they're winning beside uh in spite of him they trade up they get Trey Lance the kid's got some injuries this year and he just keeps coming back and keeps kind of making enough plays for this football team and running that offense a very sophisticated offense a very large volume of verbiage offense that Kyle Shanahan runs and the guy's done a great job. So I have a little, I, I feel a little something for him um, is that he just keeps going at it and, and like nobody wants to give him any props and things like that. So I really kind of pull for, um, for Jimmy in that regard. What do you think of all the bizarre upsets this season? <laughs> I just think that's what the NFL wants. And that's the way the, that's the way the NFL is. I mean, our salary cap is set up to where every team should be eight and eight. I mean, that, that's in, in essence, that's how it is. Every team should be eight and eight. Um, the way we set up our draft, the way we set up uh, the waiver wire claims, the way uh, compensatory picks uh, are, are, are out. It's just, it's an eight and eight league and what can separate you from that eight and eight league. And, and certainly elite quarterbacks can, uh, can separate, can, make you separate and really and truly we can call it like we see it three of these teams have the elite quarterbacks playing jimmy is not considered that but you know what it's okay he's on the cusp of going to his second super bowl in three seasons so he's pretty damn good yeah no it's it's unbelievable who's your who's your pick to win it all <laughs> green bay <laughs> I, I thought i mean i thought it was green bay i really yeah. truly, i felt getting uh, Smith back, getting uh, Jair Alexander back. I, just, I thought it was Green Bay. I, I was so confident that it was Aaron's time and they were going to win it all. So, you know, as I sit back and I, and I kind of watch, it's hard. It's so hard not to go against Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, really and truly, I believe they jumped off sides against the Patriots a couple of years ago. When Tom was still there. Yeah, this guy, this he, he should have played in three Super Bowls already. He's played in two. This is year four. I mean, or year five for him, whatever it may be. This guy's just different. He's just special. And, um, you know, I, I seems like Kansas City's that team. Yeah. I have a couple of questions about your career. I saw your 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 hometown is considered the craw, crawfish capital of the world. Right, right. So is it crawfish, crawdad? I thought something I saw crawfish, one other one. Crawfish, crawfish. Crawfish? Right. Awesome. That's incredible. And so how did you end up going to, well, now it's Louisiana Lafayette. It was Southern yeah. Louisiana when you went? How'd you yeah, end up it was, 
So Southwestern Louisiana, listen, I got offered by everybody in the state of Louisiana, except LSU. Uh, and I got recruited by them until the end. And um, I got recruited pretty heavily by Duke, um, uh, Army at West Point, uh, Naval Academy. So I had those schools that I was uh, being looked at and I got recruited for, and it was this close. I, I was almost going to Tulane. I, I thought that's where I was going to go and play at Tulane. And I decided to stay home 10 minutes from the house and, and to play for a coach, to be very honest. And it's the best decision I ever made. And I was lucky enough. Um, they put me in at halftime on my true freshman year. And so I was able to play all four years. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Glad, it was the best decision I ever made. And what was your, your draft process? Like, obviously, you weren't drafted. So how did you kind of maneuver? Well, I'm still trying to get drafted. Uh, so every time it is a draft day or I wait till the final day, I usually send a text to uh, an equipment manager or two. Those are the guys that are at the draft. When you see the ones getting the phone call, usually that's the equipment managers. They're there. And um, so I always send them a text, just, hey, seventh round, man. Just, I want my name called. But no, I, um, I really and truly, I was not invited to anything. I was not invited to the combine. Um, and I had just a workout for a couple of teams. And it was pretty much a local tryout with the Saints. Um, how... I kind of got noticed at the tryout and I was probably leaning towards going to play football in Canada at the time. And I was, you know, six, one and a half, six, two, about 190, 195. I was 21. I was still physically young. Um, and then the Saints signed me. I went to camp and just kind of hung on from there and then started to grow a little more. I got up to about six, two, got up to 220. And, you know, it was just, I guess, mother nature. As time goes on, you kind of grow up a little bit. And um, I just kept grinding away at it. What was NFL Europe like? It was awesome. I went twice. Um, that's when the NFL teams would allocate you and send you over. Um, so very limited roster, 35 guys on the team. I got sent the first year to Amsterdam um, with another guy. Uh, what's his name? Might have heard remember. of him. Might have heard of him. Never mind. Kurt Warner. Yeah. So Kurt Warner and I, I mean, I'm teammates with an arena league quarterback. And I remember calling home when I would talk to him uh, wife now girlfriend back then and how's the other guy and i'll be like eh. one he's a nice guy and two he's kind of accurate and he's got a pretty quick release and so didn't play a whole lot that year uh kurt was 26 i think it was it was time for him you know he had played the three years uh of arena ball was the mvp in in, in that area um and this kind of went on and then the following year i went back again i got sent to the frankfurt galaxy um and we were able to win the world bowl. So it was great for me because I got to play. And that's the biggest thing as a quarterback, you get repetitions because you're the only one uh, besides a kicker or a punter. There's only one quarterback playing at a time. You can have five wide receivers at one time, all the offensive linemen, things like that. So I, I got to play and just kind of help, you know, just gain more confidence in that regard. You think you should bring it back NFL Europe? I loved it. I really and truly loved it. Um, I just, I think it's a true kind of like minor league kind of kind of a learning ground for young guys because you can get at that point in time, you can get offensive linemen that come from smaller schools or just these raw kids uh, or wide receivers that come from a smaller school that have all the ability or they're just late bloomers. That's kind of what you saw in, in NFL Europe. You saw wide quarterbacks, wide receivers, and offensive linemen, especially more so your center guard, not necessarily your tackles, because those are kind of different, but more your center guard. 
um, a defensive lineman or two. I thought those guys could kind of make it. You'd find a cornerback. You'd find kickers. Those are guys that you saw kind of come on and have more success uh, in the NFL, just needing a little more playing time and things like that. It's almost like a, like an exclusive fraternity of exchange students coming back to the NFL. Well, and, and it kind of was. And, um, you know, I just know the first year in Amsterdam, you have Kurt Warner, and then you have our guard, right guard was the guy by the name of Tom Newton. Well, Tom Newton ended up starting for multiple years for the Rams and on their Super Bowl teams. It just he was a younger guy that I think he played at gosh, Central Michigan or Western Michigan, one of those. Uh, but that's just kind of the way it was. It was just a, a guy that needed just a little more, I guess, seasoning. Um, and then next thing you know, he's having a double digit career in the NFL. But definitely for quarterbacks, it enabled those guys to get just more repetitions. What was it like coming back and then getting your chance to Panthers? Well, listen, I, the Saints sent me over twice. So for six years, I was in New Orleans and started out in practice squad, third string quarterback, backup quarterback. Um, and then when I was tr finally a free agent, um, I had an opportunity to go to two places, Carolina and Dallas, to compete for a starting job. There were certainly other places for backups I could have I could have gone. And um, that's what I enjoyed um, having an opportunity to go somewhere because when you're a free agent, you're taking anything you can get um, and then get to go to Carolina with a team that was young, hungry and on the cusp of winning and just being around John Fox and that bunch was a uh, that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of, you know, I don't know what's the right word. We just had a lot of young, hungry dogs on that football team from Steve Smith um, you know, being a third round pick more considered more so of a kick returner developing into that wide receiver, a cast off, uh, from Washington, uh, and Steven Davis becoming an all pro running back. And just the young guys from a Julius Peppers, a Chris Jenkins, the Dan Morgans, uh, Jordan Grosses, you, you just kind of started just to develop. Musin Muhammad was a veteran, uh, a, a pro bowl type receiver that now he finally got more help. So it was, uh, it was awesome. I actually had Steven Davis on last year and I asked him, I said, it was like playing with, with you. And he said, you could barely understand what he was saying in the huddle when he was telling you to play, but you got used to it. Yeah, we used to, it was a running joke, man. We, uh, you had to have thick skin if uh, you're in Carolina. Our locker room was uh, extremely brutal to say the least. And certainly I came from a pretty thick Louisiana accent and Steven's from Spartanburg, South Carolina. So he's a country bumpkin. And uh, we used to have a lot of fun. And when I would get kind of riled up, get fired up during a game, I, I could my Louisiana accent, you know, I started talking pretty fast and my hands start moving. And so uh, it was pretty comical at first. But uh, that's kind of what made us who we are, who we were, that football team. Were you shocked when Steve Smith wasn't announced to the finalist list for the Hall of Fame for this year? I, I, I wasn't shocked. I was floored. I never. I have the Panthers.com app. It's on my phone, so it's synced with my watch. And so the app is great. Anytime anything happens with the Panthers, boom, you get updated immediately. Well, I see it update on my phone that Sam Mills is one of the finalists. And I was so fired up, never in my mind thinking that Steve wasn't. I thought that was a given. And, um, and nothing against some of the other guys that were that's, – that's the finalists. They're great football players. But – I was absolutely floored and it kind of makes you question 
do the people that vote on this, do they really and truly do their homework? Do they really and truly watch yeah. games? I, I don't know. I just, that bothers me a great deal. Even the guy that I can't, I don't even know who he is. The guy that um, talked about Aaron Rodgers and how he wasn't voting. Oh, I never heard of him. I think he was, yeah. I never heard of him. Like he was born like, like a month where, ago. Uh, Bush, Hub, Hub Arkish, Hub Arkish. Yeah. Why, why does he have a, a credential? Like what, what get, and then why should he ever vote again? I, I just, that, the, that bothers me. That bothers me a great deal because really and truly, are you watching a highlight? Are you actually watching footage, all 22 footage? Do you, do you know what you're supposed to be watching? That just drives me insane. Yeah, and then look at baseball <laughs> yesterday. Barry Bond still isn't in. Do I now? I'm sorry. Barry Bond still hasn't gotten into Cooperstown. and baseball. Yeah. I, I, that's one, you know, with everything on the, on, you know, outside uh, yes, of the whole world. That's hard for me, but, but, but that would be like me voting for it because I didn't, I'm not saying you have to play a sport, but yeah. I enough. I, I, that's not, I wasn't around. I don't know. I, I have pretty strong feelings when I come to um, those, uh, those issues in regards to like the, the all pro and, and, and the hall of fame and things like that. And the, the Super Bowl season, what was it like for you guys? Just kind of have, just kind of catching fire and then the playoffs is going on a deep run. Yeah, it was great. You know, I was so young at the time. Age-wise, I was 28. I was in year seven for me, but just first time starting. And um, we started out 5-0 and that season, uh, beat the defending Super Bowl champs in Tampa. We went to Indy and beat Peyton Manning and the Colts, and they were an awesome football team. Um, so we had gained some confidence along the way. And as the season went on, you know, we kind of split a few games in the middle and then Stephen Davis was our kind of our workhorse. We were really running the football. John Fox, that's what Coach Fox believed in. It's the whole Chuck Knoll. We're going to play sound defense, run the football, play defense again, run the football. And if we have to win it in the fourth quarter, y'all go throw it. I mean, that's kind of – that was his mindset. And we just – we embraced it. And that's what our football team was. And, you know, we just gained confidence as the season went on. And uh, once we got in the playoffs, we've – we were a confident bunch. We played Dallas at home and we had lost them early in the season and we really played terrible. So we felt very confident in that game and we beat them. And, you know, we had to go to St. Louis and uh, they were more of a different type of team. They were more of a finesse type of football team. And we were a, you know, put up, the, put the gloves up and we're going to punch you in the mouth for four quarters. And that's what the game was. And we we're able to win. And then we went to Philadelphia and we did the same thing. Uh, for the NFC Championship game, and so it was a uh, it was a great great deal, great uh, a great deal of fun and great memories from that season. Looking at the NFC Championship game leading into it, like, like obviously Niners and Rams are going into this week. Do you have any advice for Matt Stafford of kind of like what to expect, what to do? Well, listen, he's played in many more games than I've ever played in, and um, I just think you want to embrace it, you want to enjoy it, but to be honest, you have to look at it as another game. Because really and truly it is. And, yes, people talk about the playoffs, the speed of the game gets faster. Well, of course it does because it's the better teams playing. So you just go about your regular routine. He should know the Niners inside and out because that's a division opponent. You, you know a division opponent inside and out. This is your third time playing them this year. But just go about your work week. The media is going to be crazy. It's going to be insane. But just like don't overextend yourself. Take care of your body. Go about your work week and just go have fun and play. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Just go have fun and play. No, put all your work in during the week and, and be ready to let it fly on Sundays.
And before I let you go, I want to ask you about the, the Panthers team this year. Obviously, you're, you call it, you're calling the games. Um, right. Darnold kind of started off hot, didn't maintain. What, what direction do you see them going at quarterback? Well, I'm not sure, to be quite honest. And, and, and listen, Sam, he's under contract for next year, and his money is guaranteed. So I could see him possibly coming back. Is it as a backup? Is it as a starter? I'm not so sure. But he does need some help. And I'm not, so, I'm not saying help at the receiver position or running back position. I think we're, we're pretty good there. We need to help up front. I think we started 12 different uh, offensive line combinations this year. That's not, that's not a recipe for success. And really and truly, we never truly had, besides our right tackle, anybody to hang our hat on. Uh, Matt Rule has basically come out and said the first two years was trying to get the defense right. And it looks like they've kind of done, done pretty well in that regard. Uh, but we have to fix the offense. We have to solidify some some pieces up front. Um, and do you get a quarterback in free agency? Do you get one in the draft? I, I can't answer that. I'm not so sure the draft is top-heavy in quarterbacks this year. Um, but I saw Sam play a few games this year, especially early on, that he looked really, really good. And I don't know if Christian's injury had something to do with it, that he started pressing more and wanted to do a little more. Um, and then when you get hit a bunch, it, it can work on you. So I've seen him have success and do some good things. So I know it's there. Um, it just needs to be a little more consistent. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be a big off season for Carolina. Have you liked your, your role doing the, doing the radio for the team? No, I don't like it. I love it. I really truly do. It's a, uh, it kind of keeps me involved in the game. I love the Panthers, the organization, that city, that fan base and things like that. They were great to me. And, um, certainly love going back there and, and traveling when we have to go to uh, play some games. But, um, yeah, I just um, – I enjoy it. It, it gives me – it kind of makes me feel a part of still playing ball, um, watching the film during the week to prepare for the game, going on the field on Sundays before the game just to kind of get a visual um, of the other team, seeing what they look like in person. You watch them in film, but – to truly get a visual of the size, how the ball comes out of somebody's hands, how a cornerback moves or a receiver moves, things like that. I just kind of love that, you know, get to uh, get to watch and uh, let some of my Panther, I guess, fandom come out somewhat because I am an affiliate with the Panthers and, and that's who we're pulling for. Affiliate, affiliate, it's a good word to use, yeah. affiliate. Yeah, you like um, it. Yeah, and then um, who's a name on the team, people maybe it's not a household name that you saw something during the year that you're expecting them to kind of maybe break out next season? Well, I, first of all, I just I'm not so sure Carolina truly has that big following. You know, it's it's still a young infancy in its franchise. It's, it, you're not the Dallas of the world or any of the New York teams where you're just going to get flooded on television and things like that. Um, so Jeremy Chin, I think, is a young superstar. People will know who he is. Second round pick two years ago. Really a heck of a player. I think he'll be a heck of a player for a long time. And Brian Burns, those two guys really and truly – um, the defensive end first round pick from a couple of years ago. I, you know, I, I just see those from three years ago. I just see those guys are two. They're really good players now. And I just think they're going to continue to ascend, but those are two that I think people maybe know who they are, but they really, and truly, you know, I'm not so sure that it's a, it's a household name. Whereas Christian McCaffrey, we know he's a household name. We know he's fabulous, but these two other guys, I'm not so sure if they're there yet, but they are certainly some um, big time uh, difference makers. And then one last quick one. Do you think Ron Rivera is trying to make Panthers North here in DC? 
Well, I don't know. He might be. I um, It's worked in Buffalo. I'll tell you that much. Brandon Bean has done an unbelievable job in Buffalo. Him and Sean McDermott, who spent five or six years in Carolina, and they've done a fabulous job of, um, you know, creating a football team in their image. And a lot of that came from the Carolina way, how it was built in Carolina. So, um, yeah, I think Washington, uh, they're kind of like Carolina's situation. I think they're searching for a quarterback. I think that's the biggest thing right now, trying to get that true piece. Whereas in Buffalo, if you just head up a little bit further north, uh, they've got that guy, to say the least. And uh, it's probably why Buffalo went deep into the playoffs and, uh, you know, Washington and Carolina did not. I mean, you you got to have that true legitimate guy um, pulling the trigger. I think it, it, it makes a huge difference. I know you said you wanted to get that seventh round call. I might be able to put in a word with somebody in Washington because we took a guy a couple of years ago because he's good at the Rubik's Cube. I think they might be maybe interested in calling your name in the seventh round, maybe later in April this year. That sounds great. I just, uh, I need a f- ego. You know, my ego is yeah. really damaged yeah yeah well uh, that's really all the question really happy appreciate you taking time so much um can't wait for the games this week i can't believe we only have three games left like three games left and then we get usfl in april but it's not the same but it, i can't wait it's crazy i'm gonna watch it you know i'm gonna watch the usfl and i'm gonna watch a young quarterback that might need some extra time and things like that i remember taylor heineke on a preseason game in the minute with the Minnesota Vikings, I remembered watching a replay on a Sunday on NFL Network in like was it early August, obviously. And I remember saying to myself, I contacted a buddy of mine who's a front office with another team, and I was like, "What do you know about this kid?" And he kind of said, "He goes, why?" I said, it's "Something about him, man. There's just something about him." I said. He just – he looks like a guy that could kind of hang around and just kind of be that guy at some point. So, I'm a, I'm a nut when it comes to, uh, to you know, preseason football or things like that because that was my life, USFL. I was the uh, uh, NFL Europe. So, I, uh, I, I appreciate those guys and watch those guys. It gives guys a chance. And now you, anything can kind of elevate you to the next stage. But, yeah. But do appreciate the time so much. I'm rooting for you guys next year. Um, can't wait to see what you guys do and hopefully you guys can get the quarterback situation all fit situated and figured out. Cause I think the league's better when Carolina's playing well. Well, let's hope so. You know, it's, uh, it's certainly a little bit easier to call. It got a little rough, uh, the last month and a half of the season, uh, we a little slide and it's, uh, I love calling games, but man, it's a, uh, you, you certainly love to call them when you can get some wins.